to the Retail Transformation Show with me, Oliver Banks. This is your weekly podcast, delivering you the insight, ideas, and inspiration to successfully change and transform in our ever-evolving world of retail. Enjoy listening. Hey, welcome to the Retail Transformation Show. I am Oliver Banks, your host and a retail transformation specialist to help you identify your ideal operating model and define and deliver the change roadmap that brings that into reality, driving profitability and customer experience. Thanks so much for tuning in. This one is episode 193. Right now, we live in a world and an industry full of complex and complicated problems and solutions. Many of these require specialist knowledge, specific experience, and a ton of care. And for all of these different problems and solutions, many factors play a role, either as an output to or an output of that particular challenge. And these different challenges often require cross-functional teams and even collaborations and partnerships with those in other companies. And so these complex and complicated challenges, along with this sort of cross-functional nature, means it's so much less likely that you can now rely on a single maverick to score all your goals and drive success in your organisation. There is a lot of plate spinning. There are many different topics, loads of conversations, and plenty of challenges all on the go at once. And couple that with the fact that we live in the age of distraction, where concentration is continually under barrage. It can be a real assault on all of our senses. And all of this means that it is very easy for things to get forgotten. It's very easy for things to be miscommunicated. Imagine that Chinese whispers effect. These different challenges are easily misunderstood and confused. And ultimately, opportunities are left unfulfilled. They're left as a loose end. So today, we're going to be looking at the power of writing things down to help change this for you. We're going to be thinking about why it's important to write up and document your ideas and your thoughts. But then we're also going to be looking at Why is this so difficult? Why are we even talking about this? It's a seemingly simple, very mundane concept, but equally we're saying it's highly beneficial. So why is this difficult to do? We are going to lift the lid on exactly why that is. And then to help, I'm going to lay down some simple tips and tactics you can put into place as of right now to help you and your teams to master the power of writing it down. Show notes for today are going to be at obandco.uk slash 193. That's uk slash 193. And whilst you're over at those show notes, do remember to sign up for the Retail Transformation Briefing, the free weekly email newsletter with the key headlines from the changing world of retail and highlighting insight and intel about what these changes mean and the trends that they are driving as it happens. Sign up for free, obandco.uk slash 193. So back to the power of writing it down. 
Let's start off with why is it important to write things down? We've thought about the challenging environment that we find ourselves in. And I believe that by writing things down, there are huge opportunities, huge benefits. Firstly, around communication and clarity and really ensuring that this cross-functional team that we're inevitably all part of are on the same page. There is no misunderstanding. You bring more people into the conversation, whether they are initially part of the conversation or whether they are part of the extended team that get involved. They are brought into the core conversation without relying on Chinese whispers to share ideas and problems and priorities. Now, I'm not saying that you should ignore all verbal communication and meetings in favour of written. That would be madness. But I think you want to have a multimedia approach, an omnimedia approach, shall we say, to help ensure that there is that clarity, that people, like I say, are on the same page. And as you are communicating your different ideas or challenges or whatever, it allows you to be more specific, especially for bigger and more challenging topics. You can build on an idea over time as well. And it really is important to be able to appeal to different types of people. So some people are more auditory. They learn and take things in by listening to things. So maybe that's you, given that you're listening to the podcast. But the vast majority of people are more visual, actually, to be fair. And we all take information in in slightly different ways anyway. So being able to take it in verbally in a meeting, for example, as well as visually in a written format can only help. And it's going to, in turn, allow people to take that information in, internalize it. Now, I'm not sure about you, but I know I've certainly been in meetings where my mind has wandered exploring an idea for a couple of minutes and you've missed some important data, some important information or an important discussion. Or, you know, maybe you've perhaps been caught doing an email at the same time as a meeting and you have missed that sort of key point. But if this key point is then not captured in written down detailed minutes, it's going to be lost forever. And whilst it doesn't need to be in word for word detailed minutes, it does need to be in enough detail such that you could ask someone else that was in the meeting, what was that point about? Another key benefit when it comes to working in cross-functional teams is that it makes it so much easier to identify misunderstandings. And it allows that conversation to happen that says, oh, that's not my understanding of what this was. And you can have a conversation rather than just letting these overlapping assumptions take over. Writing things down allow you to refine your ideas and your decisions. You can think and consider more. You're not just making decisions in the heat of the moment, in a meeting, on the fly, you know. And equally, if you've got all of the options written down in front of you, you can more easily prioritise things. You can consider which of these challenges is the biggest threat. Which of these actions needs to be done first? Which of these projects is going to drive the most benefit? If you are trying to juggle all of that in your head, it just doesn't happen, unfortunately. And we'll come back to that in a little bit. You can also, as I say, build on ideas over time. That's both you yourself and you as a a cross-functional team as well. Another benefit of writing things down is that You can focus more on the facts and avoid some of the mind talk that may really put you at a disadvantage. Now, again, this is something that I found extremely useful through my career, being able to write things down and avoid the mind talk, because actually 
this is not necessarily true. This is me making something up in my head, often involving other people. Let's be honest, those sort of challenges. But it allows you to process and recognize the feelings and the emotions that you are experiencing. And ultimately, you can manage that much more easily. Creating a historical record can be really beneficial, whether it's tracking how something has changed over time or seeing the progress or lack thereof, perhaps, can be really useful. Writing things down, allow that written content to be reused. So if you are using slides from a presentation deck, you can take some of those slides, drop them into a different presentation decks, whether it's different updates for a board meeting or this meeting or that meeting, whatever. And of course, diagrams or frameworks can again be used again and again in different scenarios that avoid having to try and explain a complicated idea multiple times. Oh, and then, by the way, with that confusion factor and with some of the other challenges, as we've already spoken about, it can be a useful documentation, which I suppose is where my early experience of writing things down from an engineering industry really came to the forefront because I was dealing with intellectual property. You wanted to have that written record, historical proof. And so this may be really relevant for you if you are working in or around innovation and design and inventions. It allows you to show the evolution of a particular idea or challenge and hopefully with a timestamp as well that, like I say, does show that history. Another benefit, specifically if we're talking about to-do lists here, is that if you are writing to-do lists and actions down, you get the added bonus of crossing them off as well, which can be a real endorphin release to satisfy the body and really motivate the mind. This allows you to see your progress. It allows you to have a feeling that you have got things done. You know, how many times have you felt that you are facing this enormous mountain of work and tasks to do that seems to never get any smaller and actually growing instead? But actually, have you ever stepped back in that scenario and thought, actually, you know what? I or we have got a ton of stuff done, made some really great progress. But if it's not written down, let me tell you, it's going to be easily forgotten. Writing things down allows you to get things out of your head. It allows you to clear your mind, to de-stress. And that will really help avoid overwhelm. It will help avoid burnout. And ultimately, it's going to ensure that you don't forget things as well. Let's be honest. And thinking of that memory element, actually, there's an added bonus because the very act of writing things down commits it to a longer term memory. Now, this is, of course, great for goals, but also Intel as well. I don't know whether it's the sensory experience of our minds controlling the muscles in our hands to get something written down, or whether it's the tactile nature of pen and paper, or whether it is down to that more visual element. I don't know. I'm not sure. But absolutely, writing things down does commit things to a longer term memory. I'm sure you can relate. So those are just a few of the reasons why it is genuinely great to write things down, where that power of writing things down really comes from. But like I say, for something that is so simple, so mundane, but seemingly so beneficial, why do we not do this? Why is it so difficult? Well, let me tell you, there are some really good reasons why it is difficult. You do not need to feel silly in this moment, right? Let's be honest, we are all super busy, especially right now. It's easy to move from meeting to meeting and arguably with virtual meetings, 
perhaps a little too easy to move from meeting to meeting at times, one click away and all that. But outside of meetings, we've all got busy lives. And it's easy to let something like note taking fall off the bottom of your to-do list. And related to that, especially if you are facing that enormous mountain of task, it's also easy to get into the mental place where it feels better and more efficient and more effective to do rather than document. Let's tackle that mountain. Let's get things struck off the list. And I'm sure I remember it all. And then when I've cleared that list, then I can write things down again. Hmm. Interesting approach. And related to that, there is often this perception that you can remember everything. You've got a million things whizzing around in your head, but it's okay. I am in control. I just need to get a few of those things out of my head and that will be it solved. Couple that with the fact that there is this big challenge where problems and ideas and even next steps all get completed and come to fruition a lot slower than you think they are going to. Another dangerous assumption to make is that different people have the same understanding as you do. Now, this is especially dangerous if you are really deeply embedded in a particular challenge or idea or functional area. You may think that others have the same background, the same understanding, the same experience that you do. Maybe you forget what analysis you have absorbed into your head, for example, or what insight you have been exposed to and are actually subconsciously using to process through your different ideas and the logic that you are using to get to that conclusion that seems so clear in your head, right? But actually the argument and the case for whatever your approach is may not be so easily understood if you are trying to explain it and it's not written down. Another perception here is that it takes lots of time to write things down. And that that time is perhaps a bit of a waste of time, like I say, when you've got that enormous mountain of task in front of you. And with this point, I always remember in the relative early days of being a program manager, and I introduced written progress reports for the project managers that worked for me. So once a week, a one pager for every project. I had about 20 different projects that were in that program at the time. And I found it super useful to have a written record. But there was pushback from the project managers of this takes a lot of time until you say, well, how much time does it actually take a week? And actually, when you get on top of it, it was about half an hour, which was really beneficial, not just for me, but also for them as well. They were able to explain the ideas so much more clearly, but also they clarified things in their own head as well. They got things straight and said, well, these are the different challenges we're facing. This is the plan that we've got coming up, etc., etc." But it did take a little bit of time to overcome this perception that it was going to take ages to write things down. Another challenge that we may face in the retail industry is a reluctance to engage with the written language, whether it's about nervousness over spelling or grammar, or whether it's even just bad memories from school. There can be this sort of mental block against actually physically putting pen to paper. And then perhaps the toughest challenge that we face is fear. Fear of putting things down on paper and creating a historical record that is going to come back to bite you in the bottom in the future. You're going to be held to account. There's not going to be an excuse anymore. And actually, your ideas are going to be there, written down for people to shoot down and criticise you. 
But if you just manage to talk it over, you can kind of wing it, you can throw it in, judge the reaction in the room, whatever. But ultimately, what is happening here is this fear of what committing your ideas, your thoughts, your progress even will result in. So I think that fear element is the toughest challenge, but perhaps the most frequent challenge is the fact that we've never really got into the habit of spending the extra few calories it takes to write things down. And subconsciously, therefore, we believe that it is a shortcut, a life hack to not write things down. Yes, we can remember it. Yes, it's better to get things done, etc, etc. So given it is simple, given it is arguably mundane, like I say, I don't want you to feel bad if you're not perhaps fully writing everything down. Ultimately, the goal of this episode is to help you identify the opportunity and take action, do things differently. And so for the final part, I'd like to focus in on, like I say, some tips and tactics that you can use straight away to help overcome and help realise the power of writing it down. So we've got several different ideas to share. In no particular order, you can take these one by one, you can combine them. It's really up to you what works best. And that's going to be obviously dependent on whatever challenges you feel are most resonant for you or for your team. So firstly, think about how you can overcome the brain power to put things down on paper. Add some formats, add some templates to get things written down. Now, this is really going to help because you're not going to need to think about what to put. You can be on autopilot a little bit more. And in turn, it allows you to think more about the content rather than the structure. Going back to that progress report example that I mentioned earlier on, everyone used the same template every single week. So after a couple of weeks, everyone became familiar with what was on that template. You didn't need to think about what's going to be in my progress report this week. It was there. It guided you through in a sort of an easy to use question format. So think about how you can use formatting and templates to guide you. Think about how you can use a brain dump. Now, this is one of the tactics I really regularly use. Whilst I write a lot of stuff down, I still do come against the challenge of I can remember all of this. That's fine. But I also recognize that sometimes it's just important to get everything out of my head onto paper and then I can focus on smashing down what's really important. What is the genuine highest priority? For me, I find if I'm doing a brain dump, a mind map is the best. Using pen and paper, what I often do is I put a timer on and try and get as much out of my head as quickly as possible. I don't want to be thinking about it. I don't want to be processing it. I definitely don't want to be actioning it because that is distracting me. That age of distraction as we were talking about earlier on. Yes, it's so easy when I think, oh, one of the things I need to do is email Bob. Oh, well, why don't I just, let me just open a quick email. It's not going to take too long. And then suddenly I'm gone. I'm out of the zone of brain dumping. So I want to avoid processing and actioning things. And I really want to avoid distractions in this zone as well. So personally, I love using pen and paper, as I say, but try a few different techniques. What works? Do you want to use a mind mapping tool on the computer or a note taking tool, whatever? Or are you a bit like me and you just like a bit of old fashioned pen and paper? Let's think about some of the things you may want to list down and write down. Firstly, processes and plans in the most basic format. You may just want to list out what needs to happen in what order, which you can then share. You can use it to inform. You can use it to make sure that nothing has been missed. 
But if it's a slightly more complex process or plan, maybe you want to have it in more of a diagram format or a drawing even. And the more moving parts are in any given process or plan, the greater the need for writing it down because it's going to be harder to communicate. It's going to be harder to remember everything. And it certainly is going to be harder to prioritize everything as well. And as you are writing down your processes and plans, remember to be specific as well, especially where it's so relevant. You know, if part of your process is, if stock is too high, then do this. But actually, you want to be more specific than that, because what is too high in that example? You know, think about what if your stock holding is above three weeks cover or over a million items or cannot fit into three roll cages, whatever that limit is, that specific detail, you can include it. And like I say, that allows you to share it. It allows you to get that communication. And someone says, oh, actually, three weeks cover. That's too much. That's too little, whatever. Great. Let's have a conversation. Another element that you may want to be writing down are issues. Now, again, in the most basic format, write down your top issues list. What are your top three or five or 10 or however many you want to have issues and challenges that you need to face into? This can be incredibly therapeutic even to get all of those different challenges out of your head. And then you can start to think more strategically. Well, which is my biggest priority challenge? What am I going to do about that? Which ones do I understand? Which do I not understand? Which ones have deadlines or timelines or whatever attached? So in its most basic format, if you're writing down issues, a simple list is incredibly beneficial. But if you're going to be a bit more detailed, maybe you want to go for a a full on risk and issues log or risk register. But another challenge that you may face when you're coming across issues is how do I phrase something? And especially if you're working with a cross-functional team and you've got other people trying to phrase their issues and challenges as well. It can actually really be super useful to have a bit of a template. I like to use a simple four part template myself and it's a fill in the blank style template or format. So there's four parts. So here we go. It's a challenge that blank due to blank, which means that blank. So instead we will blank. So what does that look like in real life? Well, perhaps using a very basic example, it's a challenge that targets are not written down due to a fear that they won't be met, which means that people forget the targets and we miss the targets anyway. So instead, we will create a new dashboard and allocate Alex as the owner. Suddenly, that issue, that challenge is really clear and you've started to think about mitigating actions as well. But just whilst we're also on this point, I'd like to just get you to think slightly differently about problems because I remember and I can't remember who, unfortunately, but quite early on, one of my career managers or mentors told me that we don't want to think about problems because problems feel like barriers. They feel like we can't do anything about them. We can't overcome them. But if you refer to problems as challenges instead, then suddenly there is a way to overcome them. There is a way around a challenge. It is a little bit competitive, I suppose. Well, of course, you can overcome a challenge, maybe difficult, but you can beat it. So think about challenges rather than problems. Following on, maybe you want to think about writing down next steps or to-do lists. Again, a simple template here is who does what by when, but also remember to include the follow-on action as well. 
So for example, if the next step is to analyze some data, well, that's nice, but there needs to be more than that, such as if it's been raised in a meeting, maybe you want to analyze the data, but you also want to share back the findings of that analysis to the meeting. Or maybe you want to analyze the data and then send a report or a summary on to someone or analyze the data and escalate an issue. Whatever the case, in this particular example, we're saying that doing the analysis in and by itself is not enough. We need to do something with the analysis. So reporting is part of the follow-on action. Another tip that you may want to try is trying different formats of writing stuff down. You know, we spoke about pen and paper, for example, earlier to do brain dumping. But actually, does that work for you? It works for me, but it might not for you. Try different things. Try writing stuff down in a notebook. Try clean sheets of paper. Try post-it notes. Try using digital tools, whether it's a, a mirror board or a note-taking app like OneNote or Evernote or something like that. You may even like to try speech to text and dictate your notes. There are some pretty accurate AI tools that you can use for doing this. There are lots of good to-do apps out there. You know, you go to your app store and type in to-do list and there will be thousands, I'm sure, <laughs> to go through. Think about which one you'd like to try. Try some different formats and different types and don't be afraid to say, this feels a bit awkward. This feels a bit lumpy. I'm going to try something else. That's cool. And then finally, perhaps the biggest tip is to keep it simple. Simple language, simple words, simple phrases. Try and avoid big, complex, clever sounding words. Because I have to be honest, I think it confuses people more than makes you look clever. Don't feel afraid of writing things down just as you would literally say it, as you would explain it. You know, maybe you have got that fear of a teacher from school days giving you a bad mark. But actually, the goal here is not about perfect spelling, perfect grammar, whatever. It's about communicating the idea. It's about getting clarity. It's about making sure that things are not forgotten. It's about being able to prioritize all those benefits that we spoke about earlier. This is the aim of the game here, not to create a perfectly crafted written artifact for, for you and others to bow down and <laughs> worship as expert use of the English language or whatever language you are using. Keep it simple. Keep it conversational. Keep it useful at the end of the day. And so hopefully you were with me. Hopefully this podcast episode has resonated with you. Maybe you recognize some of those challenges and perhaps you fancy some of those benefits as well. And you recognize ultimately the power of writing it down. And if you have, and I really sincerely hope that it has resonated with you, and the fact that you're still listening is probably a good sign. So I am going to ask you right now to commit. I'm going to ask you to grab a notebook, physical, digital, whatever, and write down one takeaway from today. Write down just one takeaway from this particular episode. And if you're feeling particularly brave, share it with me. I would love to hear from you. You can email me oliver.banks at obandco.uk, message me on LinkedIn, or even comment on one of the LinkedIn posts. Again, it would be great to hear what your key takeaway is from this episode. So please commit, please write down that takeaway. You see what I did there? <laughs>
Now, if you have enjoyed this episode, then this is episode 193. There are at least 192 other great episodes of the Retail Transformation Show for you to tune into. Here are three to get started. Firstly, episode 174, called What to Do When There Is No Right Answer. Now, this is great because we talk about assumptions in there. We talk about confusion in there. And I think you're going to really get a lot of value out of this particular episode. So 174. Next up, continuing that theme of confusion is 132, episode 132 called Overcoming the Confusion of Transformation. And clarity is a really important point in that particular episode. So do tune in. And then take a listen to episode 121, number 121, a slightly abstract episode, that one, called Lessons from Criminal Forensic Investigations. So you're going to be wanting to think about recording information and making theories and hypotheses. Do take a little listen to that one. And I explain where the abstract nature comes from right at the start of that one. So do enjoy listening into that. I'm going to put all three of those episodes on the show notes today, if you can't remember the numbers. And the show notes you will find at obandco.uk slash 193. And remember, do sign up for the Retail Transformation Briefing. And perhaps whilst you're over there, check out the upcoming event, Productivity and Transformation 2022, where given the challenging market that we face, we're going to be thinking about how you can tackle the changing consumer behaviours, how you can help and support your colleagues, how you can focus on costs, and ultimately how you can change and transform and reinvent yourself to succeed in the challenging market. Challenging market, not a problematic market, you see, again. (laughs) So do sign up for Productivity and Transformation consider getting the Retail Transformation Briefing as well, all over at obandco.uk slash 193. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I really genuinely do appreciate your support and your continued listenership and attention. It really means so much in this age of distraction that you continue to tune in week in, week out. And I want to say a massive thank you and show some of my appreciation. So have a great week. And I'll look forward to joining you on another episode of the Retail Transformation Show very, very soon. Bye for now.